Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series, proudly powered by leadershipbydesign.co, where we aim to add value to people's lives. You can listen to us live every Wednesday and Thursday at lunchtime on ebizradio.com, where we talk everything leadership, coaching, and marketing. And you can listen to us uh, on your Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels today. On our coaching and leadership segment, <laughs> we have co-owners and directors of Raintree Business Coaching, Leonie Katsia and Angela Healy. Welcome to the Lifestyle Series and thanks for being here, guys. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin, we finally got Angela here. Yay. <laughs> Welcome, Angela. Hello, everyone. <laughs> guys, so as you know, I've um, it's been taken, it's taken a long time because writing a book is <laughs> I don't it's very hard. Uh, I don't know if you guys have written books, but man, it's hard work. Um <laughs> So I've written a book about, you know, the, what the future of work looks like for, for, for employees and where our, you know, sort of where the evolution, because a lot of emphasis is being put on AI in a big way. And uh, when COVID hit, and I think that's where it sort of originated from, COVID hits and we, we immediately saw change in business, change, like immediate change overnight. Uh, which was so dramatic and it was so impactful to see how how quickly we adjusted as humans. And it sort of dawned on me, what does that mean? Like if, you know, in a year from now, in two years from now, if people could semi-migrate or migrate or emigrate to the degree that they have been, um, what does that do for what functionality happens in, you know, in in our work environment? So, that's what led me to doing the research of going, okay, what is the evolution of, of our behavior? Because, I mean, I'm always fascinated with how humans behave. Um, and then, you know, we, I came across uh, old Walter van der Felder, who's a wonderful professor in Belgium's University for Innovation. And he gives us a wonderful structure on how to create that. But before we go into all that detail, I want to do, because I know you guys are also fascinated about this. And I thought, like, who do I get... And who can who can give some really good insights on this as well? And obviously, you two would be the best brains. <laughs> so I want to. I just want to hear what about what about this is intriguing to you guys because we know that AI, AI, everyone's talking about it. Yeah, and and and, and Kevin, I'm going to jump right in there because AI, yes. AI is exactly actually where this conversation started. I know I've had some interesting conversations with Angela, and 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 I'm going to press your button soon because I'd love to hear your side of it because AI has has become this uh, this polarized thing where we're so excited about what it can do for business and, mm. and, and one aspect of it. Yeah. But we as humans are also petrified of it, right? And, and the and the so-called threat it poses for us. Mm. Um, which is why we thought it would be valuable to just pause there first of all for a moment and just unpack a little bit more about AI and look a little bit deeper into AI. And I don't know if you want to jump in here. Uh, it's it's just so fascinating because it really is one of those great paradoxes. It's this the space where we are so comfortable with where we are at the moment and yet so uncomfortable. And then in true human fashion, we go out and we create the beginnings of AI, and then it becomes more and more sophisticated. And in that sophistication, we suddenly go, oh, my goodness, what have we created? Yeah. Because it really sh shakes us to our core. 
it forces us to take a step back and look at, well, what is it? What is so magical about being human? Because AI is really going to take away a lot of what is safe in our current jobs, in our current business world. And things are not going to slow down. They are going to speed up. And it's it's a very uncertain space, but it's also potentially quite an exciting one in my in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, so and and I think that's it's almost like the gift of of like like what does it mean to be human, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you connect to that humanness? And that's that's the attempt that I'm with, and it's my first attempt. So don't judge it harshly. <laughs> <laughs> we are in all. You sat down and you wrote it, Kevin. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and and I love that you're taking that approach, right, around the the, the humanness of, of it all. But yeah, tell us a little bit more around your thinking. So with the with the with the, the research came with Walter van der Felder, who's the, who I mentioned earlier. And what he showcased was some of the research he did around what he was finding in, in a lot of publications was the core fundamentals and he kind of he he was trying to find if we have core fundamentals like we do have taste when our taste buds for example you can there's certain place you can taste um we also have the primary colors of of you know the spectrum of color he was like is there primary skills that we need as humans that we will need to evolve or at least cultivate more actively and really bring cognizance to uh, and what he was finding amongst all of the research was that there is primary skills um, that we we should um, use more actively and cultivate more actively. And those five skills are creativity, critical thinking, self-management, social intelligence, and attention management. And what's interesting about that, when you sort of start unpacking that, you really start realizing, ah, okay, uh, I see why this could potentially be a core primary skill that employees need to start activating, becoming aware of, and cultivating in their environment because uh, it's it's starting to showcase that you could use these five critical primary skills mm-hmm. in very many areas. And I think that's what the attempt of the book was to kind of really go, well, what what is what is you know what does creativity look like? What does critical thinking look like? Because it's quite a vast and you know also depending on the context and the content, like where do you apply this? So I know that you know from speaking to you guys, for, for example, creativity, creativity is such a big thing. And I think you mentioned as well, you know, something about creativity. And uh, don't you want to unpack that? Because I think that conversation about creating is what people sometimes forget that in the process of creating that too is creativity so so kevin the definition of creativity is that it's the process of creating in a way that is new useful and makes things better so it's so interesting because when we speak to people about creativity so many shut down and they say i'm not creative And it's because to such a great extent, creativity has been given a little box. And that box is if you can't paint or um, sew or if you can't, you know, do make something tangible, then um, you're not creative. Mm. And yet, when we look at the world of business and even the world of life, 
often the most creativity that we experience is when we are faced with a problem or we're faced with a challenge or we're faced with something that we just don't like. And suddenly we get new, interesting insights and ideas and that's creativity. So, so when we talk in creativity, what I love about your book is that it's forcing us to go. It's not this tiny little box it's the human capacity for creating new and de defining um, new and innovative stuff out of what is predictable and what has become accepted. I think if, if we can speak to a really practical example of that where, um, and sorry to go back there, but you know, when, when COVID hit and a lot of business owners in South Africa were faced with devastating circumstances, I'm thinking um, about the entertainment industry, the restaurant in industry. There were so many industries that were just facing devastating con consequences. And the business owners that were able to eyeball it, like we always say, really look the challenge in the eye and realize that this is what it is. We always speak to that rad radical acceptance and then creatively look at alternative solutions, ways, um, business owners who were able to innovate and pivot, yeah. save their businesses, um, save their people, um, save income. And, and that calls for human creativity. It's, it's one of those aspects that that AI cannot do for us. Um, and, and it's something that we have to, as, as leaders and, and business owners and entrepreneurs and whoever you are and whatever it is that you do out there, we have to build muscle at that. And, and if, if you're not a painter, that doesn't mean that you're not creative. It, <laughs> it means you need to be able to look at a problem and just think out the box and start looking at things in, in a different way and create something new, pivot, innovate. Um, it's critically important. So, so uh, on that note, critically important, it's the critical uh -huh. thinking, right? <laughs> <laughs> How is that for a nice bridge, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> you know, um, I, the sort of the meaning that we have here, the critical thinking is the skill of understanding the, uh, the, and, and analyzing facts, identifying what works and uh, what doesn't work, and then building strategies, visions, and plans. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes, and I, I'm going to be blunt here, guys, but I think sometimes people are lazy to critically think. You know, if we, we look at... precious, hey, Kevin. Say that again? We also quite get, get quite precious and yeah. egocentric around that. Completely. Yeah. But essentially, you know, if you look at brain, brain structure... Uh, or, you know, what the brain prefers is a structure and a strategy, right? But for that to exist, they needs, you need critical thinking to be able to cre create the structure and the strategy. You know, once you have the structure and the strategy, it's easier for people to formulate uh, conclusions. It's easier for people to fall into line with how this is playing out. So critical thinking, you know, is a, is a massive... Uh, it's probably one of the most core competencies for any business out there to actively cultivate, you know, as a as a as a as the future type of business. Because I think we because of the evolution of AI and it is doing what it's doing. How how much focus do we uh, or focused intentional attention do we give critical thinking on how to do better than what we're doing? And uh, you know, it's so important and. I'm like, you also had really, really good insights about the critical thinking. So, 
So, Kevin, the thing for me about critical thinking is that it's almost been made unsafe in our current world. Because if I critically think about something, I may be challenging what is the norm, what is the the accepted way of things as things are at the moment. Yeah. And we know, as you've said, we get precious about it and then there's conflict. Mm. No, you're disagreeing with what I'm saying and you're saying I'm wrong. And it's so interesting because often with critical thinking, for me, it's it might be that I'm saying you're wrong and not that you were always wrong, but new information has come to light. New insights have been identified. And sometimes what that means is we now need to go a different way. We need to expand our thinking. And um, although it's been expected for people to just do as they told, that's not going to crack it in the modern world. No. Because in the modern world, we have to keep up with our competitors. In fact, we've got to be better than our, our competitors. And for that to happen, we've got to critically analyze, evaluate, identify where could we be stronger? Where could we be more efficient? Where could we be more? And in that moment, what we allow for ourselves to be is to be relevant. So I agree with you. This is a space where we as human beings have got deeply unfit. Mm -hmm. But Angela, you mentioned such an incredibly important aspect of this is as we as leaders and business owners, we need to create the safe space for our teams to be able to critically think um, and not just listen and do and not just be spoken to. Um, we need to be brave enough, bold enough, vulnerable enough to be able to eyeball something and critically look at it, allow our people to critically look at it and give honest feedback. Yeah. I mean, Angie, if I can call out one of our processes recently where we had to step back and, and we had to have the honest conversation to say, sure, you know what, we've been doing this thing over and over and over expecting a different outcome. We all know that that is the definition of insanity. Can we maybe just pause and reflect here and look at this critically? Um, and the value that came from that where we just it was small tweaks, but we completely missed it because we didn't create that safe space or just the space to actually stand back and look at it and going, you know what, is this working as good as it needs to? Is there something else that we are missing here? Could we do it differently? Yeah. And this is a muscle that we have to build in business. We have to teach our staff and our, and our people to and create that safe space to be able to look at every aspect of the business and say, right. Where can we improve? What can we do differently? Yeah. We have so, to particularly think. Yeah. So, Leonie and Kevin, I, I just, um, I think that that is something that that business is responsible for, almost forcing people into because there is a lack of fitness. Mm. So, you know, the only way you get fit at something is to have to do it. <laughs> um, and and honestly, I look at business. And business is not yet asking and almost demanding from its staff that they come up with innovative ideas. And, you know, where are your suggestions? Where are your ways to improve? And that's small ways that business can start building the critical thinking um, fitness that I think is missing in business. And not always, and not everywhere in business. Mm. But I do think that we're not getting it at every level. Yeah. We leave it up to the big wallers up top 
whose job it is to do thinking, yes. But the value you get from the guy who's working with a client to critically think is very valuable. And just to add to that, lastly, uh, on this point, guys, I think if you're not doing it, if you're not bringing it into that space, your your competition probably is. Mm. Bottom line, you can kick up against it as much as you want. But if your competitor is from ground level, from the person answering the phone to the CEO, has a bunch of people who are critically thinking about their environments constantly, they are, they are going to outwit you and beat you at every corner. That's just the bottom line. That's you know, the, the, the sentiment of why it's so important. Another one that I think is, you know, that I love is, is, is self-management. And it speaks of self-management, the art of being the best of yourself despite all the complexities you face. And I think when we spoke about this, what I think, you know, for, I think there's so many people don't know how to self-manage. They don't know how to self-manage their emotions. They don't know how to self-manage their workspace, their time. They don't know how to self-manage the capacity, their workloads, <laughs> their lives. You know, so self-management, we look at it and go, yeah, no, we, we need to manage self. But when you look at it, what it, you know, the, the crux of what it is, there's, it's such an important, you know, uh, for me, even now bringing to my training processes and my, my coaching that I'm doing, I'm, I'm bringing in the, the, the importance of spirituality, the spirituality in business and why we need to be centered and focused and intentional or intentional on, you know, who I am in this space, how much, you know, how responsible am I for the energy that I bring into this moment right now? Are you, are you even aware of how that looks, right? So self-management, such a big conversation. Um, Leonie, like, what, what do you think? Like, I mean, from your perspective? Yeah, self-management is, it's, it's definitely something that I've, it's probably one of the reasons I've become a coach, right? It's when I started working with this stuff in myself um, and and how I, I, I see it play, how I saw it played out in my personal life and how it improved my ability to show up as the best um, of my ability when I was still working full-time. But it is that ability to know self, to become self-aware, to take responsibility, to be self-trusting, to be responsible, to be able to respond rather than just react and being triggered um and john i mean it's the bulk of, of the tools that that we work with and, and the bulk of the co group coaching that we do stems around this um as we human beings evolve and mature and grow um and and become empowered in whatever it is and who we are in business it's just such a critical aspect and it is such a human aspect and I don't know if you want to add um, something here. Only that probably the most humbling and empowering process that I have gone through recently around self-management was recognizing that I am a powerful person. Now, I don't, I mean, every one of us is a powerful person. Now, the minute that I acknowledge and accept that I'm powerful, that's heavy. It's responsible. I have to be responsible for everything I do, everything I say, every reaction I trigger in someone else, um, in every reaction I allow to trigger me. And in that moment, what is fascinating 
is that my ability to impact the world around me becomes a lot more intrinsic rather than extrinsic. And for me, that is that has been one of the, uh, it's been a big shift recently. You know, as, as coaches, we're constantly digging and digging and how can I be a better person to support my clients better? Yeah. And personal power is a lot around self-management because I can't blame anybody else. I've got to look at me and say, well, what didn't I plan properly? Mm. What didn't I manage that I exploded in that meeting or I withdrew and didn't contribute? What, what is within my power to make better, different, more successful? And then I think what's what's so significant of what you're saying now, it lends itself to social intelligence because, you know, you, it starts here, but then how do how much intelligence do I have with the environment yes. and, you know, what I'm bringing to the environment? So your social intelligence is a skill of connecting and collaborating with others. So, you know, the first foremost kind of fall thought that I have around social, intelli social intelligence is... For me, it's awareness, self-awareness and curiosity. You know, when you start building that as a skill for yourself and you really tap into that. Um, and I think that that ability to 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 have the awareness of self to kind of go socially, how am I doing? How am I connecting? Um, because we also know the importance of networking because and this is where the evolution comes back to, you know, the future of work as human is how do I engage? How do I network? And who do I pull in closer to me? And how do I leverage my, my, my connections? And how do I do that strategically in a world that is actively creating distance, right? It's, it's separating us to a large degree. But how do I use my social intelligence to have a more connected, collaborating experience of work uh, in general? So... Kevin, for me, a lot of that starts with consciousness. Mm. And, and I'm not talking consciousness in any woohoo way. I'm talking about actually opening my eyes and noticing. Noticing that I'm in checkers and I've stopped in the middle of an aisle and I've blocked everyone behind me. I know it's a silly example, but social intelligence is for me a lot about just being aware of what's happening around me. And then making good choices around how I choose to respond to that. Yeah. Um, you know, we need others. I, I hate to say that because I'd like to live in my little cocoon most of the time, <laughs> but we actually need others. And the more we can support others and the more we can be, a, um, be supported, the more we create this healthy, uh, dynamic creative and innovative um, mm. kind of pool. You know, I'm, I'm a big um, follower of Diane Cooper, and yes, I know that she's all about angels and dragons and unicorns, but the other day she said the most beautiful thing because she said, you know, we are living in a world that is filled with lots of darkness. Yeah. But she says what we need to start with is we've got to start with light, making ourselves lighter and our immediate space lighter. And that means having social intelligence with those that are close to us. 
And that light shines light on others. And then others shine light on others. And suddenly the darkness is, is, is lightened. Yeah. So. Leonie, do you want to add to that? Yeah. You're good. Um, the last one, and I think it's, a, uh, for me, it's such an important one because uh, time, they don't talk about time management. They talk about attention management. And to me, you know, you can go into the whole quantum physics conversation about this, but time in itself is a construct, right? So, which we won't do in this conversation because it's another conversation. But I mean, like, essentially, attention management and, and, and the, the, the definition that we have here is, you know, is the sophisticated art of dealing, uh, defining the plan to achieve success. And one of the things that really stands out to me about attention management is simply how much attention do I give a certain thing and do I know how much time it will take to do this? Where is my attention? You know, when I'm focused on doing the presentation, how, am I, how much time do I need? What distractions can I take out the way? How much time do I need to get that done? You know, when I'm having an engagement, like where's my attention, uh, the management of my attention happening? And I think people uh, really, they don't, they're not clear on it. They, they very all over there. Cause I always call it, you know, they get busy with the busyness and then they're so busy with their busyness that they just don't have the time. And, Oh, you know, I'm, I don't have this time for this and no time for this. And, and you're kind of going, okay, that's because you don't know how to manage your attention. That's all it is. Right. So what do you guys, what is your insights around attention management? So I, I love the word attention management uh, because I think this is one aspect where AI can actually really support us um, in terms of the time management, the project management, the, the tasks management. I mean, in, in the coaching world, we're having a lot of conversations around um, uh, a bot that can coach you towards your goal and just a step-by-step -step kind of achieving that, right? So I think that is an opportunity where AI can really support us. What I love about the concept of attention management is that it is that human ability to look at the plan and when life happens, like it does, be agile around it, be flexible around it, looking at priorities, um, being able to make those insightful, um, deeper thinking, agile decisions to achieve the, the, the desired outcome. Um, and that is a human ability that is very important in, in the business world because, you know, we know everything happens around the plan um, and then life happens and then <laughs> you have to be agile around the plan. Um, and that's that's a critically important skill for us to be able to, again, build fitness around. Yeah. And for me, um, I think that there's something very powerful in the naming of a detention management because what I focus on is what I realize. And I think a lot of the attention management is is helping us to realize what are we focusing on? What are we giving attention? Are we giving attention that I'm busy, busy, busy? Am I giving attention to what is the most important stuff that needs to get done here? Am I giving attention to what I have control over? Or am I putting a whole lot of attention into stuff I have no control over, yeah. no power over? And, and so for me, the subtle shift between time management, which is a very kind of, it's almost a, a, a whip to death concept, 
and attention management, which is something that we actually have control over. It's it's our unique human ability to decide where we're going to put our attention. Yeah. And in that moment, it has an impact on every aspect of our lives, mentally, physically, emotionally, even spiritually. Um, so for me, attention management, um, it's so much more powerful than the traditional time management, which talks to that bizarre concept of time. Um, and it talks a lot more to you as a human being, where do you choose to prioritize, to focus, to manifest. And I love that. And also, we remember that when we spoke about this last week, um, we also mentioned the, the importance of setting up boundaries, right? Because it's it's wonderful that we have, the, you know, like uh, we have things in place, we've got uh, projects in place, we've got timelines and deadlines and all these things. But from an attention management perspective, do you have a boundary with the people that you work with? Do they know or do they just, you know, they just know that you're always available because you always make yourself available, right? Mm -hmm. And I think boundaries, again, you know, just in this, as a, in this topic um, of attention management is, do you know what your boundaries are? Do you, have you put boundaries in place, right? It's so important for us to be able to wrap our brains, brains around, uh, you know, what that means and how that shows up for us. And Kevin, for leaders, that is absolutely critical. Yeah. Because it's the only way we grow and develop others is if we have boundaries and we place attention on what's my stuff and what's their stuff and how can I support them to deal with their stuff in a mature and appropriate way. Exactly. So what I want to do, guys, um, what we're going to be doing in the next couple of months is we're going to unpack these, these conversations more re uh, regularly. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about creativity, critical thinking, self-management, social attention, uh, and attention management. But to tie off today's conversation, I'm going to pose it to you guys and you give, you give me feedback on how do, we, how do those five fit into conflict? How would you say? So for me, and conflict has been one of my great learnings in my life, yeah. conflict is such a beautiful blend of a few of those. So for me, it's self-management, yeah. it's social intelligence, and then it's also attention management, because what am I placing attention on that's leading to the conflict? Am I focusing on what I want the desired outcome to be, or am I focusing on what's pressing a button for me and being right. So for me, conflict management works so beautifully with a blend of three of those. Often solutions around conflict management bring in creativity and critical thinking, but actual conflict management itself, for me, is a lot about self-management, social intelligence, and attention management. What do you think, Leonie? Yeah, I actually, you know, as I'm listening to this, what's really coming up for me, and it's it's kind of taking it right back to where this conversation started, is the real gift of AI is that it's going to challenge us to become truly human and really become fit at our human qualities because that is our unique gift that we need to bring. Um, and it's, you know, we are unpacking them one by one, but as Angela's saying, you know, it, it comes at it's, um, a couple of them at a time. It's it's just how it is. That's how life works. So 
I think there's deep value in in what we are doing here and really unpacking and getting clear around what does it mean and, and what does that look like and um, and how can I bring this in for myself but also for my team as I'm building my business or, or being part of an incredible team that that's making a difference in this world. Um, so I think it's such a, a valuable conversation to have in this time. Um, the importance of actually just being human. So, I mean, the last two, I'm just going to touch on two more so that we can just tie it up for, for our listeners. In decision making, uh, you know, I would, I, would, I would assume that a decision maker would, would be critical thinker, would be creativity, uh, could be socially intelligent, mm. uh, you know. So decision making, again, could require more than one of those areas to be a primary. And I mean, leadership, guys, what do you think on leadership? <laughs> all of them <laughs> all at once the whole time <laughs> so it's interesting for me because leadership and management um you know the leadership is this it's seen as this beautiful lofty like magical thing and i i can understand why that is completely human but can i tell you even management requires all of these yeah because you're not going to get done what needs to get done if you're not being creative, if you're not a good critical thinker, if you're not socially intelligent, if you're not managing yourself, um, if you're not placing attention on what needs to get done when it needs to get done. Fantastic. Guys, so last sentiments for today's conversation. I would say, you know, from my side, thank you for being here and thank you for unpacking this with me and your brain capacity. I love it because you just make me think so much. Um, but for me, it's, you know, with AI evolving as quickly as it is, I'm glad that there's some evidence and some, um, some, some investigation around who we need to become, because the more we focus on the growth of self, you know, it, it affords us for, it affords AI to do the mundane and for us to be, like Leonie was saying earlier, the more human aspect. So I, to me, that I think is the, the profound conversation. And I love that as the sentiments of this conversation. What do you guys just want to leave listeners with today on, on why this is so important? And I think possibly for me, the biggest um, insight is that because of how we've been, we've got unfit at really stepping into our humanness. Yeah. And we've forgotten how magical and powerful we are as human beings. And AI, for all its good and all its bad, um, is demanding that we start stretching ourselves and exploring and really experimenting with this stuff and getting ourselves fit at it because we all have the ability to be these five things. Um, these, these are skills that we can, we can learn. And I think it's, it's important for us to kind of lift our heads from the grindstone and go, okay, this is how I'm going to become more human in the workplace. Add yeah. more. Absolutely. Leonie? Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, if, if it's if it's um, meant to be, it's up, up to me. Um, you know, we can see this as a threat and we can hide and stick our heads into the ground or we can show up and step up um, and get fit and build a muscle in, in being human 
um, and really utilize AI. I get excited when it says it's going to take care of the mundane, you know. Um, <laughs> let, let the AI take care of the mundane and then we do the fun, creative, interesting, critical stuff that we were always meant to do. So I'm quite excited. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. That was all about the future of work as human. Uh, it's a book that's coming out. I'm really excited and I'm going to speak a lot about it as much as I can. And uh, But we are going to be here on a monthly basis to talk about these five interesting uh, areas, primary skills that we need to focus on and, and unpack them for you so that you have some really good wonderful, clear information around them and, and how they fit into context. Uh, and we're going to try and unpack it for use on a regular basis. Co-owners and directors of Raintree Business Coaching, Leonie Kutsia and Anjali Hebe, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being on the show and always being on the other side of my thinking brain and <laughs> all of this stuff. I do, I do know that that people say, like, we, when, when Leonie and now Angela joining us, is on the show. It's always such fascinating conversations. So thank you for making it fascinating and keeping everyone intrigued. I will see you guys soon and have a fantastic day. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, thanks so much. And thanks soon. for that great feedback, Kevin. Always love being with you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Cheers. Bye.